Welcome to the 2015 Faith Forward podcast series. The following presentation was recorded live at the 2015 Faith Forward gathering, April 20th through 23rd at St. James Cathedral in Chicago. During these four days, hundreds of conversation partners from around the world and spanning dozens of denominational traditions gathered to equip, resource, and inspire one another toward innovative theology and practice in ministry with children and youth. This podcast episode features the second half of Mark and Lisa Scandrett's presentation at this gathering, which they titled, Play, Practicing the Way of Jesus. So another practice that we're invited into through the Lord's Prayer is that of security. How can I survive and thrive? Give us today our daily bread. Jesus invites us into a life of abundance where we don't need to worry or strive or act out of greed. We can learn to be grateful, trusting, content, and generous. When our daughter Haley was five, we were walking away from spending some time at the park with some friends. And she turned to me and she said, Mommy, are Zoe's parents poor? And I thought, I wonder where this question's coming from because they were not poor by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, they were quite well off. So I asked her, why, why are you asking me that, honey? She said, well, both of Zoe's mommies work, and you get to stay home with us. Are we rich? And that really gave me pause, because as much as they were not poor, we were not rich. (laughs) Um, We were, uh, you know, all of our needs were taken care of, but definitely we had to be creative with our finances at that point in life. But, fortunately in that moment, I was aware that whatever I told Haley at that moment would teach her a lot about how she should see money and um, financial security and material things. So fortunately I'm ahead on that day. And after a pause, I said, honey, we are very rich. We've just gotten to go to this awesome park that our city has made for us. We were just with all kinds of friends who really love us. We get to live in this beautiful city full of museums and go to the zoo. We have all kinds of great experiences. Our family, we really love each other. We have such a good time together and I get to be with you guys all day long. I'm so lucky. And then there's grandma and grandpa and all the people who come through and sleep on our couch. We have lots of friends all over the country. We are very, very rich. And I said, you know, your friend Zoe, her family is rich in many of the same ways that we are too, but they've just made some different choices about how to do some things, and that's fine. We're both really well taken care of. And through that experience, it got me thinking about how I viewed things and how I was looking at our life and the choices that we were making. Now, for me, 
it's not been hard to feel secure in our financial position. I don't tend to worry about money or stuff. I always feel like it's always going to be taken care of. I can see that it's always been taken care of. But in the last couple of years, I have experienced more anxiety than I ever have in my life before. And it has to do with my children growing up and becoming adults. Now, they're great people. There's a few people in this room who know them, and they would back me up. These are awesome human beings. So the problem isn't that they can't navigate their world and do the things that they need to do and, or that they're not competent. The problem is that I had some illusion of being in control of their world, and I really don't want to see them experience pain or hardship. I don't want them to go out there in the world and get banged and bruised up. Even though I know that that's how I grew, I just wish that they could learn all those lessons and be really happy all along the way. So the last couple of years, I have worried about all kinds of little things that I don't really need to worry about. Um, I have had to struggle hard to remember that God loves them, that they're cared for, that this is an abundant world, and that everything they need will be right there for them, even if I'm not the one providing it. And um, to help me with this, I've started a practice of Every little thing that comes to mind, whether it's the latest paper they're working on or the fact that they would like more friends or anything like that, that goes in my journal. And, and I have this really nice long list. <laughs> and um, that becomes my, my prayer list. But I keep reviewing it, and I keep, when something is kind of completed on that list, I'll write what the result was. And I am now building this list that when I start worrying, I think, really? Like, look at that list. You don't need to worry. God is taking care. And we all have those places where we worry or are tempted to be anxious. And we forget that God has put us in an abundant world where we have what we need, where we are cared for, where there's enough for us to thrive, and then enough that we can let that spill out to others. Um, so as we've experienced this, we've also noticed that our kids experience this. So one of the ways as a family, as a young family, that we talked about this is um, when Isaiah was two, three, three, we were on the later side of things, um, he had a really hard time putting his poopy in the right place. And he was frustrated by it. He was embarrassed by it. And we said, you know what? God cares about everything. We can talk to him about this too. Because he cares about the smallest details of our life. So Mark said, Isaiah, we're going to make up a poopy prayer. <laughs> and Isaiah looked at him kind of funny, because you know at that age, kids love to talk about potty and poopy and all that kind of thing and giggle about it. 
but adults don't usually join you in the practice. So, um, but I, Mark said, Isaiah, I have a prayer for you. And we said it together as a family, and it went like this. Jesus, hear my poopy prayer. No more poopy in my underwear. When I feel it in my body, help me put it in the potty. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, so that made Isaiah giggle too. And it made him blush, which we had never seen him blush before, which was kind of funny and cute. But wouldn't you know, in the next few days, he had a lot of success with that. And it was something that he had received help. So when we feel these aches in our life, where we're tempted to worry or be anxious or wonder how things are going to turn out, we have a place that we can go. We can know that we have enough and that we have the resources. And we can bring ourselves to Jesus and ask him to give us the things that we need. Um, right now, I'd like you to think about the places where, where you struggle with this. I'm going to have you, in a minute, I'm going to have you turn to the person or couple people next to you and share, where is it that I struggle to believe that I'm provided for, that there's enough? How am I still striving? And finally, if I had the courage to ask God for something that I really need today, what would that be? So we're also invited, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ and with the world around us, into community. How can I belong and create that belonging for others? The Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. So Jesus invites us into a life where we don't act out of anger, jealousy, bitterness, or lust, and we learn to live in reconciled relationships through a source of love that is greater than our own. Um, I like to talk about this in terms of living in um, an attitude of love and respect to those who live with us and those who live around us. Um, as we seek peace in our world, um, the best place that we often begin to learn to do that is with those who are very close to us, in proximity to us. Um, indeed, we're called to love and respect our family members, our friends, our neighbors, and Jesus even calls us to love our enemies. And this is a big task. Um, this is a difficult task. And sometimes we mess up. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't always love the people around me like I should. Sometimes I, I speak harsh words to my kids. Or I assume something bad about my husband. And I say something hurtful to him. Or sometimes I see a neighbor walking down the street and I make assumptions about them that isn't remembering that they're made in the image of God. And my eyes for them is not what I would hope for them to be or what Jesus invites me into.
And so when we veer off the track of love and respect, then it's time to make repairs. And um, this is something that doesn't always come easily. I think of, if you grew up when I did, you probably watched Happy Days. And there was a couple of words that the Fonz had a really hard time saying, that the I'm sorry. And I think that that's really kind of a character of how it is for many of us. It's not easy to admit that we were wrong or to admit that we're not very good at listening, that um, we're not very good at understanding one another. And so when we bump up against that, we need a lot of practice. And so I think this is one of the blessings of a family because I get a lot of practice with this in my family. I don't know about you guys, but we got tons of practice with repairing relationships in our family because unfortunately we didn't always um, navigate things well. So this is Haley and Noah. And when our kids were small, until they could, had gained the skills to do this on their own, if they were having the kind of day where every time they turn around, people were getting in each other's business and not being very happy about that, there might come a time where I or Mark would say, okay guys, I need you to go sit on the couch. And then it would go down something like this. I might look at one of the kids and say, what happened? And they would start telling me what happened. The other one would go, no, 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 but, but. And I'd say, no, no, no. We're going to listen to Haley this time. And in just a minute, we're going to listen to you. But right now, I want you to really listen to your sister. And they would each get their turn at taking the events and giving their version. And then the next question would be, can you see how that might have made your sister feel? or your brother. And again, that question might take a little bit of work till we could reach a point of understanding and really hearing each other. And eventually we'd get to the place where I could say, so is there anything that you did in this situation that you could say that you're sorry for, that you felt you did wrong? And I'd give each kid a chance to say that. And then, the other child would have the opportunity to say, I forgive you. And this is how it, like, this was the ideal way it went, okay? And then, um, and then after everybody had said what they had done wrong and had been forgiven for those things, then I would also turn to each child and say, is there anything else we need to take care of so that you guys can be right with one another? Because maybe the person hadn't admitted everything, or maybe there was something else that hurt that the other person wasn't even aware of. So we'd give the opportunity for that. However, that was, like I said, the ideal situation. Sometimes we get to one of those steps, and they, they were in a funk, and they were not going to move on. Well, the next speech they got would sound something like this. I would say, I want you to look at your sibling. And they would kind of... And I'd say, 
look at this person. They really love you. You guys like to play together a lot of the time. When you grow up, this is the person that you are going to know the longest in your life. Probably you will get old together after Papa and I have even died. So this is going to be the person that you know for the very longest. They've known you since you were a tiny baby. What kind of relationship do you guys want to have? If you want to be good friends as adults, you're going to have to figure out how to make repairs and have good relationships right now. Because it's not going to magically happen later on. So, so, so I'm going to help you out here a little bit to get out of your funk. What I want you to do is I want you to put your hands on your knees. And they would sit close to each other like that. And I would say, now, I want you to put your nose on your sibling's nose. And I'm going to just leave the room. But your hands have to stay on your knees. And when you think you're ready to finish figuring out how to be friends again, you can call me back in here. Well, inevitably, like, if you put your nose on someone else's nose, how long do you think you could scowl? It just didn't work very long, so pretty soon I'd be in the next room and I'd hear them giggling and laughing and they would not remember to call me back in because they were, they were moving on. And so when I would hear that, I would come back to them and I would say, okay, are you guys ready now to finish figuring this out? They'd look at me like, we're already done. But we would make sure that we had finished those steps, that we had taken care of that problem or that issue so that, so that it was done, it was forgiven, and it was in the past. Um, now, the kids aren't the only people who have had to learn these lessons. Mark and I get plenty of practice with this, too. Um, but our relationships with one another are worth this kind of work. And once we build those skills at home, we can go to our neighbors and to our friends and to the world around us and be people of peace. Think about what our world would look like if we could learn this skill of creating peace and reconciliation wherever we go. But we have to start with those who are close to us. So I'm going to ask you to, to think quietly for just a moment. Is there anyone that you struggle to forgive or need to make repairs with? What next step could you take to do so? One last phrase from the Lord's Prayer we want to reflect on this morning is where Jesus said, you should pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, Jesus invites us into a life of freedom and peace. We ask this question, how can I have freedom? Where can I find peace? He invites us into a life where we experience freedom from destructive habits and peace in the midst of the pain and suffering that come from living in a divided world. Um, although all of us in this room have experienced some measure of transformation because of our engagement with uh, the, the real and true God and the power of resurrection and uh, the life of the Spirit.
there's often places where we get stuck. And part of the invitation of the gospel is to learn to uh, work with the, uh, that shadow and see how we can um, experience some overcoming and some resolution to those things. Um, when our kids were smaller, there was a guy who used to come to our house unannounced, walk, just open up the front door, walk in, and start ordering members of our family around. Pick this up and do that. And um, we were all like, what, who is this guy? What, what right does he think he has to come into our house and order people around and be all grumpy like this? And we gave this guy a nickname. We like to call him Krabby Dad. And um, if you're a little slow on the uptake this morning, we're talking about Mark Scandrett here. And so um, when I would get to the point where I was crabby dad, it was really hard not to be that guy. I mean, I, I tried the kind of, uh, the, the way I'd learned to be spiritual as a kid. You, in the moment, you say, God, help me with this. Um, but I, I started to realize that I had spent a lifetime preparing to be crabby dad. It wasn't just a choice in the moment. Everything about my life set me up to be that guy. And, if, and God was not going to help r rescue me from all the choices, systematic choices I'd made to become that person on my own. I would need to cooperate with the work of the Spirit. So I started asking some questions about what were the patterns that set up Mark Scandret becoming this guy? How had he decided to be formed in the way that would lead to this? And it was things like this. Mark Scandret becomes crabby dad when he doesn't get enough sleep. Mark Scandret becomes crabby dad when um, he eats uh, lots of sugary snacks and um, too much caffeine. Well, why, does, why is Mark Scandret... Uh, like and being like this, why is it? Why is he not getting enough sleep and eating to eating the wrong things and not exercising? Well, it's because Mark Scandrett feels driven inside by this phantom voice saying, "You are not enough. You need to achieve something in this world, become something else." I'm an enneagram four, so I somehow distinguish myself in some way so that I can finally be okay. And I was driven by that voice. So I um, started to learn about what is often called the physicality of spiritual formation. And that in order for um, God's work to come to me, I need to cooperate with it and in the parts of myself say yes to some new patterns and habits, some new things in my mind and some new things in my body. So I started to, I started to attend to those things. Um, how am I living in my body that supports this behavior? What are the habits of my mind? How am I managing my feelings? And where is it that I'm spending my time and resources? And how am I showing up in my relationships? And where is my heart fi finding its treasure? So I decided to try a, a personal experiment. These are popular around our, our house. Sometimes we call it an experiment in truth, inspired by Mahatma Gandhi's words. And uh, basically, it's like we figure out something's not working. What could we do to experience change and transformation? And so for me, in this instance, it was I'm going to commit myself to doing the work of changing some of those scripts. Um, I'm going to commit myself to enough sleep, to exercise, to some diet changes. And I'm happy to say that um, not right away, but gradually, 
Um, crabby dad stopped showing up at our house. I mean, it, rarely, every one, I don't know, every year and a half he might knock on the door. Um, sometimes he warns us he's coming, uh, and that's helpful. But, um, but it was a significant change in my life. And you and I are invited into a process of being formed and transformed that requires that kind of cooperation. Um, I remember a time when our, our son, I, uh, one of our sons was small, and we went to a birthday party. And on the way home, he said, stop the car, Dad. And the car op door opened, and lots of vomit came out of his mouth. And we were like, are you sick? What happened? And he, he was about seven years old at the time, and he said, um, no, Dad, um, I had nine pieces of lasagna at the party. <laughs> and, and, and five pieces of birthday cake and ice cream. And then they had that whole pile of Reese's peanut butter cups, and I ate eight of them. And, and, um, and he's familiar with this language of we do these um, formation experiments in the house, and he goes, Dad, I think I need an experiment in truth here. <laughs> so we want to invite you to consider doing an experiment with us over the next 30 days. Um, we, um, I want to invite you to consider what's not working in your life right now, What's the script that's underlying that pattern? What's the good reality you're being invited into? And what's a new mind-body practice that you can try? Um, we're all about practice, and I thought, hey, why not go for it? So um, I'm literally inviting you to, to, into a 30-day experiment that will start next week, May 1st. You can go to Faith Forward 30-Day Experiment on Facebook and become a member, and we're going to help guide you through a process similar to what Krabby Dad went through, although that might not be the thing that is the place that you feel stuck. Um, we'll close the group at a certain point um, so that it can be a safe space for us to share with each other, and we'll commit to some kind of practices that will help us in our journey towards transformation. So I hope you join us on that journey. The contents of this podcast episode are reproduced by permission of the presenter and Faith Forward under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations copyright. The Faith Forward podcasts are produced by Dave Sinis. Please stay tuned for more episodes of the Faith Forward 2015 podcast series on the web at faith-forward.net and join the movement at the 2016 Faith Forward Gathering. April 18th through 21st in Chicago.